This is the Invincible Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back with the third episode of Invincible. Who you calling ugly? Hey, it's uh, it's Mark Grayson. Grayson, Mark Grayson. Who? Mark from school? <laughs> I know. I'm just messing with you. Oh God, you thought I was serious? Oh no, no, I, I, I got it. I was wondering if you were going to call. Don't you mean when? Nah, I can think up a few reasons for if. I came on too strong, you've got a girlfriend, you're lame and you don't like chicks who kick assholes in the balls when they threaten you. Uh... You're terrified of me, aren't you? No, <laughs> I think you're amazing. That's why I'm calling to tell you that. I, I, I mean, I, that's not why I'm calling. Not that that's not true. Ah, <sighs> sorry. It's been a weird day. Sounds like it. You want to start again? Hey, handsome Mark Grayson, what's going on? Uh, I was thinking finals are coming up and we're both in Miss Walker's Global Issues class. Maybe we can go over everything together? A study date? Well played. Safe and responsible, no pressure, but with potential for things to move to the next level. Smooth. Uh, ha <laughs> ha. Welcome back to the Invincible Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about Invincible, Episode 3, Who You Call an Ugly. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. I am your other host, Chris. Excellent. Well, you've probably stayed with us. Well, I hope you've stayed with us all day uh, listening to us about uh, the first three episodes of Invincible, which were released on Friday the 26th of March. Um, it's been a lot of fun going into in deep into the uh, cartoon or the animated version of Robert Kirkman's comic book series. It's been a lot of fun. Yes, this has been, um, for me, a... I'll go as far as to say, like, this is almost a dream come true in that they have encapsulated in this first three hours what I expected from an invincible cartoon that I never thought I would get. Excellent. Excellent. I think that's, that's the best way of putting it. That's a good starting point, yeah. definitely, after three episodes. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe to us over on tvpodcastindustries.com, or you can find us on any good or villainous podcast catcher. Uh, just look for TV Podcast Industries or The Invisible Podcast, or as you're probably listening to us on The Boys Feed, you can uh, you can subscribe to us on there as well. If you want to send in any thoughts about Invincible before the next episode, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this interesting new show from Robert Kirkman. Yes, and don't forget, if you would like to support us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Industries, where for just a single dollar, you can help keep our producer in caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is especially needed as he has edited three amazing episodes for this release today. <laughs> we'll be tomorrow editing our Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then on Sunday, we'll be editing our Pennyworth Podcast. Yes, we have three podcasts on the go right now, ladies and gentlemen. Three amazing podcasts. We are covering your DC, your Marvel, 
And your Skybound comics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what's really interesting? We did get an email in about a week ago from one of our listeners asking, would we cover Invincible? And I said, no, we don't have time on the schedule. And then watch the episodes that went to Chris. I think we should cover this show. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> well, let's jump straight into it. Uh, once again, the show is created by Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley. Uh, this episode was written by Chris Black. He was an executive producer and writer on Robert Kirkman's live-action show, Outcast, and also worked right back in the day on Star Trek Enterprise. Lots of Star Trek cast uh, in the uh, credits for this show as well. So uh, three members of various different Star Trek crews. So I like that. I like there's the little connection there in the writer's room as well. <laughs> yes. And once again, this episode directed by Jeff Allen, uh, who we spoke about last episode. Chris, do you want to give the synopsis for this third and final episode of the initial three episodes of Invincible? Sure. Mark has to cut a study date short to help save Mount Rushmore from a crazed scientist, <laughs> while Robot deals with drama as he assembles a new team of world-saving superheroes. Short and threes, as always, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the story for this episode. I just called this the dating episode. None of that really even mentioned. Uh, well, the, the study date is mentioned yes. uh, in the synopsis, right? Uh, but this feels like the dating episode. This feels like it's something that would appear on Valentine's Day if there were, uh, if it was a traditionally released show. Yeah, it's it's also the one that it's kind of setting up the the love triangle mm-hmm. of the person who is dating Mark, i.e., the human, mm-hmm. uh, versus also the person who's interested in Invincible. Yeah. Who understands that element of it in Eve. And it's that kind of, we always used to get those. So in your black cat to your uh, Spider-Man mm-hmm. and your Mary Jane, the the one who never knew the secret identity and the one who, or the secret superhero and the other one who did and understood that superhero life of their, theirs. Absolutely. Um, and that's the, this one of the fun parts of this where the, the, the whole thing about Invincible was, it, it it was a comic book and it took a lot of those core concepts the 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 the, the superheroes the what what would happen uh, and unlike the boys which is what would happen in real gritty realistic life this is more okay what would actually happen if we took that trope and made that one trope and made it somewhat more rational yeah yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, it is an interesting one. It's it's kind of one of those moments where Mark has pretty much gotten everything he wants. Mark, uh, the way we were introduced to him was that he was a little bit um, unlucky in love, uh, let's yep. say, um, kind of pining after a number of women in school, hoping that somebody would give him a number. Now he's gotten to the point where he is invincible with superpowers, and now he's got two women interested in him, you know? So so it's kind of, he's kind of getting everything he wants, but that's not really what you want. You only really want one girlfriend, uh, and now he has two potential partners, um, especially here with Eve, because Eve kind of was cut off from him instantly when she met, uh, when they met because she was going out with someone already. She was going out with Rexplode already in the, uh, in the teen team. So, uh, that ends in a, in an interesting way, uh, for this episode with, um, with Rex apparently telling, uh, duplicate that, um, Oh, well, it doesn't matter because Eve's already going out with Invincible, so uh, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. And uh, he's having a uh, a threesome, onesome uh, in the shower with uh, with duplicate, right? Uh, a quadruplesome. 
quadruplesome. Yes, yes. Uh, quadsome, yes. if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, this 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 is ripped straight from the comic books, right? And this was uh, always this. Well, I say it was ripped. You never saw anything. Just in case anyone wants to ru- suddenly runs off and tries to grab that that issue, <laughs> you see nothing. It's essentially the same scene. Yeah, it's just this very much sets up Rexplode the character in that he was always. I think in our last episode we you referred to him as a jock. Yeah. He is. He's the he's the jock superhero. He's the loudmouth brash. He lies. Um and the the best the best scene and the best kind of character explanation is there's sorry, there's two. One, when Eve storms out after the bathroom scene, mm-hmm. he turns to Eve and says, It means nothing, Kate means nothing. And when Eve storms out, he turns around and goes, well, I, I, I just lied. I just said that for no yeah. reason. It's yeah. fine. Like, we good, Kate? Um, and again, it's like this kind of compulsive yeah, he, he lie. Even, he even says to her, you know, these two aren't even the real Kate. And she goes, yeah. no, all of us are the real Kate. That is the superpower, yeah. <laughs> basically. So he doesn't even understand her at all. So, no. uh, so yeah, so I, I, you're right. I really like those, the, those scenes there. Uh, that's kind of the... The outlying arc of the show, I suppose, is the dating part. But there is loads of other interesting stuff that goes on. And I suppose the bigger story let's talk about in in a separate point is Robot has been tasked with setting up the new Guardians of the Globe. So we have the trials of all of the superheroes uh, who are potentially around the world or at least around the country coming in and trying out for these uh, these big um boots to fill as the guardians of the globe they seem to be this big massive justice league type team as we as we've mentioned before so a very uh well wanted job um i like invincible kind of walks into the room and says i'm not joining up a team uh but i wouldn't miss this for the world <laughs> watching all of these superheroes try out it sounds like a fascinating idea and he's not wrong they do play this out quite well in the episode where we have uh superhero versus superhero battles to see what kind of powers uh i, lo- I love when when comic book artists and writers get the opportunity to explore multiple types of superheroes and superpowers and pitting them against each other is always good fun right fantastic it, it's and this is the this is the this is the part you don't see in like the avengers uh-huh. or in the justice league where it's like okay we we'll, we need to know how you would fight this person um and it, it <laughs> Poor Google doesn't understand. We'll explain it to you, Google. We'll explain to you right now. <laughs> it's that um, he, you have robots uh, talking over the, 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 the kind of montage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun because he talks about the brute strength. He talks about the, the being, thinking, outthinking your opponents, like what we see with Shrinking Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything to um, kind of the, the last two where it's Samson. And the uh, the lady in electricity. I don't know if you know who that character is. I need to double check. Um, but essentially, they they he helps her up. Yes. So it's showing that. So that it's kind of like it's a montage while also kind of explaining what it means to be a superhero on the Guardians of the Globe. So okay. kind of like exposition dump. Uh huh. Um, 
but done so well because it's so dynamic and because it's yes. showing you uh, showing you wonderful superpowers. I absolutely love Shrinking Ray using her Ant Man like abilities or yeah. Atom like abilities, shrinking right down, going inside uh, her opponent's body and making him throw up and fall to the ground. <laughs> it's just it's just really interesting that that's a way you would use those powers. It's quite funny. My favorite of the new characters that we have uh, in here, I'm going to have to call her out. I absolutely love Monster Girl. I think uh, the concept of this character who can transform into a monster but the ultimate cost of that is every time she transforms she loses years off her life when actually she's 24 she now looks like a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old or a little around that kind of age so uh, i love that kind of idea that uh, that this is the cost of the superpower um and and the kind of pushback to robot when he says that they're supposed to be training three times a day and she's going if i train three times a day you're going to be changing nappies next week you know <laughs> uh, it's a very very fun little concept I loved Monster Girl. Mm-hmm. So the the character for me has always been this fun element because she's essentially it's a hook with an additional curse. Yes, yes. It's true. with that kind of yeah, no, you you hook out and you become it and you see it when she kind of her one arm goes big and she fights or explode. Mm-hmm. But at the same time it's this yeah, the curse element and it's fun, it's unique and my assumption is they'll do what they did in some of the comic books, which is they play it for last, which is a 24, 25 year old mind within a seven, eight year old body, a, a monster girl's body. And she makes it a joke. She's like, I used to be called monster woman. Yeah. And I, I couldn't make that. it work. I had to change it. Uh-huh. And also kind of comments on the idea of how difficult dating must be for either I'm dating an eight-year-old or I'm dating somebody that's on a register. Uh, that's yeah. never a good thing. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but really interesting. Again, I do, do really like the idea. Is there any, any other characters from the, this new team, I suppose, or the, or the triates that stood out to you, Chris? The, the one that's fun one is Black Samson. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're introduced to Black Samson as he joins the team uh, at the at the end or towards the end of the episode um, but we're not given additional context into who he is mm-hmm. we just we hear some additional elements from Rexplode where he's like well he doesn't even have powers his suits his power now right, right. Um, this is jumping a few steps from the comic books okay. in the comic books we are told what has happened to him and his backstory and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it's interesting my hypothesis is that this will be told to us later of course um again that's a so uh, something i should call out to any of our new listeners if you've just joined us for these first three episodes um when one of us uh on tv podcast interviews has read some of the source material we won't go into it we're not going to spoil anything for the fear of i'm not going to tell you what happens in the comic book because that's exactly what might happen in the show exactly they may change it they may change the journey, but they may end in the same destination. So yeah. we don't want to ruin it for you. Episode three, what could happen? So happen on episode nine. Yeah. So that's one of the things we're we're going we we will always stay away from. Yeah. So um, we'll, so we'll only really talk about the comics in in reference to what's been changed of something yes. that we've already seen or, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the 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 interesting part with Black Samson is they kind of they jumped from a. They've, they've completely misstepped A and gone straight to B. Right, right. Um, in terms of him joining the Guardians of the Globe. The mm. fun thing here as well is they've set up the Guardians of the Globe. They've got the new team up and running. Yeah. and Which is pretty uh, much teen team 
and Black Samson, right? And and uh, and Monster Monster Girl, right? And That's Shrinking Ray. Oh, Shrinking Ray. Sorry, Shrinking yeah. Ray. Yeah, That's so, pretty much team team. So yeah. I like that. I like that. There's a comment from Robot going, "Well, I couldn't just give you the positions, but I know how good you are, so you might as well come on board." Yeah, exactly. uh, basically, but there's also a little tension uh, there, uh, at least on um, on Black Samson's side, where he's looking for the leadership role because he's the eldest and most experienced of the group, and doesn't believe that Robot should be the one in charge. So uh, I thought that was that was a little bit. Of tension that might uh, might see play out as, as the show goes on yeah and he also kind of is like i can't look you in the eye mm-hmm. um and your ones and zeros and the, it's funny because the rest of them are like that's kind of robotist is that yeah. racist or <laughs> it's that they're like well, you, dude you can't say that thing like that's not you can't go like that mm-hmm. so there is going to be tension there's the other big tension is duplicate atomic eve and um None other than Rexplode. Mm-hmm. Like the three of them are on the team and you get, you see this being played out. And now Rexplode makes another enemy or frenemy in Monster Girl. He's not, <laughs> he, he's the character that you love to hate in yeah. throughout all elements. Um, and once again, the actor knocks it out or Jason is just, he, I, I talked about in the last episode. I, I love Jason in everything all the way back to the league mm-hmm. and his other, like everything, like, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he just embodies that person that is. You're just like, oh my god, what are you doing? And it's just he somehow has managed to kind of bring that personality to just a voice acting gig. Excellent. He could have phoned this in. This be honest, yeah, but no, but nobody but really he, has in the show, which no. is really good. Everybody's doing their full acting duties of this role. Genuinely, the only reason I know this actor is because he played a character called Derek on The Good Place, and uh, I've been sent the gif of Maximum Derek about a thousand times. <laughs> and that's how, I, that's how I knew who he was. <laughs> we will. As an American football fan, Derek, you have to watch The League. I have watched The League, but I, I wasn't aware of him at the time, because that's uh, I think that show started about uh, eight or nine years ago, and I just yes. wasn't aware of, of, of him this far on, I yes. suppose. I didn't, I didn't watch all of it, but I certainly, uh, certainly know the show. Um, one final thing I think we should call out, uh, here about the, the kind of setup and robot being the leader is the escape of the twins from, uh, from the, um, prison section in, yeah. in the GDA. Um, I think this is a weird moment that I obviously will play out in a, in a future episode, but I, I love the opening scene, I suppose, of, of seeing all of these creatures being, uh, held in, in the, uh, the capture area, uh, in, in the GDA. It's kind of, uh, it follows on from a scene where we had um, Nolan or, or Omni-Man uh, beating a kaiju, uh, the kaiju possibly uh, being possibly almost besting Omni-Man. So yeah. we have the two leaders of uh, of the GDA saying maybe we should keep him almost on file to uh, <laughs> to fight against Omni-Man if ever that is needed uh, in the future. But that's the opening setup for it. And then we have the um, the twins who we saw being beaten by uh, the Guardians of the Globe being freed uh, from their prison cells and Robot being the, the one watching twins. on. That's interesting. Oh, I can't wait for you to watch this. I can't wait. <laughs> I just can't wait for the So uh, this is just, again, so good. Mm-hmm. So good, and it's uh, they're playing this off so early. And it's one thing I'm going to kind of call out now, which is they have set up a lot of threads within these first three hours mm-hmm. so well. Like I, I think in episode one or episode two, when in our discussion, I kind of went, 
I can't wait to see where they take this. Like, what is where are they going to play this overall arc within mm-hmm. the first kind of season? And they they're they're dropping the bombs left, right, and center. Like Chris they're is like, giving slow you down. <laughs> kind of. I, I'm like, well, no. At the same time, they've got like 120 something issues to mm-hmm. play with here, and a lot of storylines. Um, but it very much what I found was I was not expecting them to do a this level of reveal uh, on an episode three but if anything is going to drive people to come back for episode four in a week's time yep that reveal is it Mm -hmm. um it it is just like why what um i'll call out very quickly one thing i love the Mahler twins they played so perfectly in this show Mm -hmm. um they and you you're starting to get the the kind of story here with the Maulers, which is who's the copy, who's the clone? Yes, they call out. They go, "Well, I'm the original. You're no, no, you're the clone." Yeah, so I presume one of them is, <laughs> or both of them are the clone, and so uh, and there may be more of uh, of the twins around. And <laughs> is what I'm wondering about. But yeah, really like them, and I like that kind of interplay of of. Um, you're not the leader. The only leader here is the is the true original of us. And that's me. No, that's not true. <laughs> You're the clone. Yeah, I love that kind of little uh, battle back and forth between the two of them. It's really good fun. Yes. Um, but this is fun. And this is going to play out. I'm, I'm so interested to see. I'm No, I lie. I'm so interested to see the audience and your surprise and flummoxing <laughs> as this goes on. Because essentially, you've just... Where we are at the end of this episode is... A bad guy is in charge of the GL, the Guardians of the Globe? Maybe. Maybe? Who knows? Maybe. What is happening? <laughs> or has he set the twins out for a different reason? Are they are they uh, part of another plan, maybe? Or is he just watching on while somebody else sets them free? Uh, I don't think so. I think it is robot. That sets them free. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I, I just thought that was a really interesting one. And again, he, the fact that he set up his own group of Guardians of the Globe was a, a really good part of this episode. I enjoyed yes. it. Uh, before we move into our third and final point, uh, the one thing I'd just call about the Guardians of the Globe is, yeah, as you said, Invincible is not part of them. Mm-hmm. Invincible mm-hmm. was there just to watch the the, the training, the montage. Yes. He wanted to see the inner- so, and he specifically calls out why. Like my father, I'm not going to be a part of the Guardians, but I'll be here if you need me. He mm-hmm. wants to train me himself. Yes, and that is very interesting. Yeah, we call, we called that earlier on that uh, that his father Omni Man was not part of the group, and quite evident yep. from the beginning that he's not far, not part of uh, of the Guardians of the Globe. Is there a reason for it? Um, is there is there a reason he chooses to not be part of them? You know, we we hear in his. Uh, in his memorial speech for the Guardians at the opening of this episode, that he was on this planet fighting off um, bad guys, and they were also here. Uh, it's kind of the, yep. the way he kind of delivers it. It's it's kind of don't worry about them; they're all dead. But don't worry, I'm still here. I saved all those hundreds and thousands of times. Um, it didn't seem to be. I, I think it's kind of mixed in in his words. He does know he's giving a memorial speech, but. It sounds like he's much more saying, don't worry, they're gone. They didn't really do anything anyway. I did it all. Um, so I think that's the arrogance of the character definitely comes out. And I think that kind of is part of our, of our final point. Yeah. And look to the sky, as he says. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move in to our final, yeah. the uh, Doc Seismic. Oh, yes, of course. What did you think? What did you think of this? This is because this is one of the fun 
this is the one of the elements of the Invincible comic books I loved, which is this is your basic bad guy wants to destroy Red Mushmore, so you've got a superhero stopping him. <laughs> um, what did you think of this? I, I, I definitely think, think it's fun and, and does speak to uh, some of the minor Marvel uh, villains from uh, from the 60s and 70s. I think uh, the, the Mole people uh, who would have seen Mole back Man, in, yep. Mole from Man. Fantastic uh, Four. Yeah. See, I didn't want to say Mole Man because all I had was Hans Moleman from, uh, from <laughs> The Simpsons in my head. That he's not really a supervillain. Um, but, uh, but no, it, it does speak to those kind of minor villains that eventually were uh, outpaced with superpowered villains uh, on the other side. I, I, I Again like the idea that they bring in a toll to people using their powers you know this this concept of of this guy that's able to use seismic powers but if he continues to use them he'll die you know that that's the that's the kind of idea of this character i thought that was quite interesting so uh yeah but is he just trying to put his own face upon uh, mount rushmore is that 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 was it oh no he was he's so woke he (laughs) he um he basically wants to tear down Emmett Rushmore oh, because yes. he's calling them racist and slave Absolutely. owners and things like that. I mean, and right. yeah. you have Atomic Eve go, oh, wait, a doctor of geology? No, no, no. Um, feminism and I've got a PhD in this, this, this. It It's a fun flip. Yeah. It's this kind of, and it's again, once more, a play on... This is the Kirkman and the writer's room that I'm really enjoying. Absolutely. Which is, Doc Seismic wasn't this in the comic books. He was that character to a degree, but they've updated him for 2021. Right. Or 2020 in this case. And it's a fun interpretation. As mm-hmm. you said, it's the, the joke of Mole Man from the Fantastic Four, um, kind of who kind of, comes from the beneath and kind of has the power to crack the earth and they pretty much take him down pretty quickly yeah, to a degree absolutely um and then suddenly mark's flying back off to his girlfriend or soon to be girlfriend mm-hmm. his date we should say um but it's just fun i i like this but he's dead yeah by the end of this like because he he kills himself but yeah it, it that, that was something i'm not expecting like they kind of just let him go, and that was it. And yeah, yeah nice little special appearance for for the comic book fans, I, I guess. That's a, yes. that's a nice little nice little one. Uh, yeah, final point. Uh, let's get on to it. Um, yes. Just about Damien Darkblood, we talked about him each of the episodes, uh, well, in, in episode two and in, and into this episode. Um, just because his investigation investigation is continuing, and he's going to visit um, everybody at the funeral to find out more clues and find out what's happened. Um, I see the callousness of Omni-Man once again when asked about uh, about the death of Red Rush and he goes well he didn't really have a superpower he was fast but that's not exactly the biggest superpower is it? you know he's very just callous about the death of all of these people uh, we kind of see that repeated a bunch of times from Omni-Man as he talks to Mark about the loss of humans it's like yeah whatever yeah. let's just go out and get pizza kind of thing you know, <laughs> this is this is that character he's just willing to move on so um, so it's interesting to see that the investigation from Damien Darkblood is now going, uh, going to Debbie, his wife, to see if she uh, is aware of anything that the world should know about her husband. Yeah. And th- this is going to be the, I think this is the major arc of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now that we're at the end of the, the first three episodes, I, the, I'm interested to see where they are at this point. I now think the, the investigation into Omni-Man is your overarching season one. 
Yes. That is where we... Now, they have not confirmed a season two. Mm-hmm. So, me, like, fingers crossed we get it. Absolutely. Um, very much so, because I, I, I'm very happy with what we've got so far. But this season one questioning and investigation, I think, is going to be interesting because you saw very much, well, it's like uh, Damien Dark asking these questions. Dark Blood asking these questions to Debbie and Debbie very much pushing back, going, no, this is... You do have this juxtaposition of, as you said, Omni-Man being callous, mm-hmm. being played. You can read it. To, he he plays it in, and Debbie, like, he says to Debbie and to, you have to separate yourself from the them. Like, otherwise, yeah. you'll never be able to do this again. Absolutely. That's a very fair point. Yeah, absolutely. The other, the other way to read that is human life means nothing. Mm-hmm. So this is where we're going to get this interesting seesaw because we've seen how vicious he can be in episode two. Yeah. Like destroying a whole interdimensional planet mm-hmm. of, uh, of aliens just to get home and to make sure they never attack his planet. Yeah. Versus it's no, we need to separate ourselves from the loss of life because otherwise we'd never be able to do this again. So yeah. let's go, go, I can be back, I can be to Italy and back, and the pe- the cheese will still be bubbling. Yeah, on the pizza, yeah. On the pizza. <laughs> so it's yeah. interesting. Um, he does know Damien was there. Right. Because his breath comes out. That's right, yes, good catch, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where we go in episode four, five, six. Yeah. Well, you know, he he does know about the investigation because yes. of, of the funeral. And then obviously at the end, as you say, as you say, he does know he's now been in his home. So, uh, so intriguing, definitely. Um, any notes for this episode? Anything else we haven't talked about in the episode, Chris? Uh, seance dog, not science dog. Seance dog. Seance dog, the master <laughs> of the mystic arts, the sorceress or the sorcerer supreme. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, our uh, third co-host for TV Podcast Energy could not be with us for this because he is on Australia time. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is very much one that we know he will love. He is a massive Doctor Strange fan. And in Mark's room, you see Seance Dog in his Doctor Strange garb. So cool. <laughs> as the, as Doctor, like with the mystic art and the paw. And it's just, I just broke out laughing when I saw this. I rolfed, I whatever lulled, you can do, it was just <laughs> because I was like, this was not, this, this is not, this is, this is a new update. Cause this was, I, to remember, I don't remember Seance Dog. Mm-hmm. I remember Science Dog, but I don't remember Seance. And I was like, no, this is funny. This is like, I'm hoping that this is a running gag. They'll do. They'll do like Armor Dog and it'll be Iron Man and it'll <laughs> just be all these nice. I hope they play in this route. In a world full of superheroes, what do you do? Well, you have dogs as your superheroes yeah, in comic exactly. books. Like, why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> good catch. No, good catch, Chris. That's uh, that's pretty much it uh, for this episode. Uh, overall, Chris, do you defend Invincible Episode 3? Who you call an ugly? I do. I completely. Uh, I. Do not call this show ugly. I do not call this episode ugly. <laughs> um, this for me was really tight. It was, um, where I felt episode two kind of got long in the tooth slightly. This com- this got me to where I wanted it to be. And it has set up enough questions for the audience. I hope mm-hmm. that is going to draw the audience beyond episode three into this now weekly release schedule. Yeah. Um, we are now into the boys. It was three hours and on. 
and the, the boys did something similar and it seemed to have worked. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping this works as well. My assumption is they'll need to up the ante okay. each episode going forward in order to maintain that audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very happy with what we've gotten so far. I, I, I think it, it's a faithful adaptation while at the same time giving it its own je ne sais quoi. Right. Kind of, it's its own, it's its own, its own lease of life. It's own identity, yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I completely defend this episode. Just you know, speaking of superheroes with their identities, Chris, that was all. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, do you defend this episode of Invincible? I do defend this episode, and it's just a weird one to judge. Um, I, de- I I defend the episode. I think it's a really good episode, and I'm, I'm all in now. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season, but. It feels odd that this is the point that they left the show for a week for people yep. to come back next week. You know, episode one with the massive moment of Omni-Man, you want to go on to the next episode immediately. You have the next episode available to you. You watch that. Then there's the another massive moment for Omni-Man going to another planet and causing genocide. The end of this episode felt a little bit like, oh, okay, we're there now. Come back next time if you want to. It, it didn't feel like that yeah. essential I can't wait till next week as a cliffhanger moment. When you're saying all three of these episodes are out in one day, it felt like you should have a big moment at the end of the third episode. Like they did in The Boys. The Boys is the example we're using. We're on our boys' feed. Like they did in The Boys season th- season two when they put out all three episodes. There was a massive moment at the end of that third episode that everybody was dying to see, watch it, and wait for next week. And everybody got, yeah. uh, everybody got freaking out going, I want to watch it right now, give it to me uh, right now, we'll mark you down on Rotten Tomatoes if you don't give it to us now. Um, so, so I don't know, it, it'll be intriguing to see how it works uh, for this audience. Will people be really satisfied with getting three hours of an animated show on one day, which is something you just don't get, and yeah. then come back next week and watch the next hour and then, you know, follow out throughout the rest of the season. So I really enjoyed the episode. I defend the episode. I'm certainly really happy with what they're giving us uh, with the show overall. But I suppose a Love Square um, <laughs> central plot for this episode with lots of battling, uh, lots of battling going on for who's going to be in the, in the Guardians of the Globe. That's not as exciting as a big yep. alien invasion and, and not as interesting as the first introduction. So of the three episodes, this is the one I'm kind of going, all right, we're in the world now. Next week, we'll have another episode similar to this, uh, yeah. in a way. But that's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of, that's kind of where I am. So. Yeah. Um, my assumption is COVID. Okay. Uh, I, my assumption is maybe this was not supposed to be, I, this was not going to be a three episode drop. Maybe this was an episode one drop. That was your big to get you to the next. Right. And each one, kind of built but for whatever reason the delays in covid meant they they're going to do a, a boys style drop and drop three i think um, i think this is this is amazon prime i think this they've nailed their flag now that they when they have a, an ongoing show they'll give you a big chunk and then follow it up with an episode a week it seems to be the amazon okay. prime way of doing things as opposed to most of the other streaming services which give you either the whole thing or one episode a week, um, yeah. which which seems to be the, the way that Amazon do it. It's it's an interesting one, but I, I just don't know what the filmmakers themselves, are they told up front, you need to produce three episodes that will play as like a three-hour movie so yeah. that, and draw everybody come back in, in, in next week? Or are they told 
just beforehand, actually, just give us the first three and we're going to stick them out in our platform. Uh, oh, don't do that. There's no no cliffhanger in the third episode. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a whole new world and uh, and they make way more money than I do. So uh, they <laughs> probably have all the stats that, that prove it. <laughs> Very true. They probably do. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That is our review of episode three of Invincible. We will be back next week for episode four uh, of Invincible. We don't actually have the title yet, Mm -hmm. so watch this space. But if you like what you hear, you can support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash tvpodcastindustries. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on any good or evil superhero or villainous podcast catcher, or just head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where we have all the links where you can get us. Please consider writing a review, sharing the love, sharing the podcast, and more importantly, if you are also interested in anything DC or Marvel, on our Marvel Weird currently reviewing Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we'll have our review of episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier on our feed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then later in the week, we'll have our review on episode eight of Pennyworth on our Gotham feed, as well as our main feed, etc., etc. Our Pettyworth podcast feed. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Lots and lots of great comic book show content uh, out there at the moment, and we're covering it all. Really hoping my voice can hold doing all these podcasts. I'm really hoping my editing hand uh, can hold. So if you find anything that I've forgotten to edit out of the podcast, really sorry, but uh, you probably understand why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like, I'm just, I'm just hoping that we can keep you awake for the whole thing. Right. And, like, you've, you've basically done five episodes this week. Absolutely. Alone. <laughs> I never sleep, Chris. It's all no, right. It's all right. It's true. It's true. Thanks so much once again for joining us. As Chris said, we'll be back with episode four of Invincible next week. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Keep watching, keep listening, and keep destroying Mount Rushmore. Keep not destroying Mount Rushmore, Chris. Sorry, keep not destroying Mount Rushmore. Bye. Bye.